0: That's right. College Gridiron's back. Matt Costantini back in studio from Thanksgiving break. Jimmy Sullivan, Nick DeLuca. Guys, how was Thanksgiving? How was your
1: break? Oh, it was awesome. The college football was absolutely fantastic. I'm ready to roll. Break was good. Let's get it rolling. I, I was actually in Florida.
2: I wasn't here. It was fantastic. Lucky you! I was watching the Michigan Ohio State game, wanted to throw a shoe through the television, and really just a Jim Harbaugh. But anyway, we'll get into more of that later. But yeah, I had, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I love Thanksgiving. You should if you're in Florida. Oh my God! Yeah, every night it was great.
0: I mean, (laughs) mean, what's better than food? Nothing. And it's just a day dedicated to food. Nothing. We were real. Yeah, we had Thanksgiving dinner outside.
1: Really? Okay, Jimmy, I've had enough of this conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you mentioned it, and I want to get right to it because we have. So much to talk about this week, ladies and gentlemen, this past weekend in college football might be the craziest weekend we have ever had in a college football season.
2: I think it's up there. Yeah, at least since this podcast. started. Yeah, at least yeah. since
0: we started here. Um, But yeah, I want to get right to the game, Michigan at Ohio State, where Ohio, where Ohio State just rolls Michigan. We we were talking last week how oh it's going to be a close game and Michigan's going to going to finally get over that hump. Harbaugh's going to get his first win against Ohio State and they go out and lay an egg.
2: I mean it was really unacceptable on Michigan's part. And there even their alums like on Twitter and all that were saying like yeah, this is embarrassing. This is pathetic. This is insane. Before the half it's 21-6. They go down, score a touchdown, they have the muff kickoff. They get it back, score a touchdown. They go in a half 24-19. You're thinking, okay. It's great. Yeah. Life is but a dream right now. They played terrible in the first half. They're losing by five. Their defense defense isn't going to give up 24 points in the second half because that's not what their defense does. No, they're a great defense, right? Right. They're a great defense. I mean, one of the best in the country. Arguably the best in the country statistically going into that game. And then what do they do in the second half, Jimmy? Lay an egg. Lay a big egg. Yeah. A a huge egg. I mean, it was just... And the frustrating thing for me as I look at this, too, Shea Patterson did basically what they needed him to do. I mean, he he didn't have a great game necessarily, but usually that's enough for Michigan to win. And they scored 39 points. I mean, 39 points for Michigan, my God, that's got to be one of their highest totals of
1: the season, right? Huge defensive letdown. But I I don't know, it's a trend in the NFL that's something that they talk about in being popular and hiring new offensive coaches. Is it a trend in college football now, which sort of is where that offense originates from? You you have the Oklahomas of the world, the Ohio State of the world that are being really successful. Oklahoma's scoring 50 points a game this year. Can you win with defense? And I I don't know, but offense. Ohio State, excuse me, was clearly the better offensive team coming into that game, and they win by a lot. So maybe maybe that's it. But embarrassing for Michigan. That that's that's the word. It's embarrassing. And Jim Harbaugh. Probably not going to be fired, as we, we talked nah. about this last show. I don't think he's going to be fired because of this, but well, next year's a big year. Well,
0: you know what? How, yeah. about, how about we get into that, Jimmy? I know you had a point. Do you want to get to yeah, that first? I,
2: there were just a couple of drives in that first quarter where Michigan controlled the possession. At one point, I think it was early in the second, they had – it was like 13 minutes to four minutes. So that it was in Michigan's favor, and it was 7-6. So, you got to punch that in and sort of get that psychological advantage and then once that happened it was kind of like, "Oh boy." And then Haskins started hitting those deep balls and then it was it was over. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to make the point now that I wanted to make last week when I was talking about this being a make or break game for both head coaches. Um when I said that Jim Harbaugh might not be the head coach at Michigan next year, I don't I don't think I meant that in the way that he was going to be fired based off this game, but based off of Why not go back to the NFL at this point? You haven't really been able to accomplish anything in college. Why not go back to the pro game? And for Jim Harbaugh, it's the same old story. You have a good team that you should do better with. You go out, lose to Ohio State again. You don't go to a Big Ten championship game again. You don't make the playoff again. So, I mean, what should we realistically expect out of Michigan moving forward?
2: I think he's he's coming back next year. Nick, you're absolutely right about that. Because you can't fire a guy cuz he's he's been doing so well like results-wise, but once it gets to the big games, it's it's ridiculous. He's going to be back. If he's not going to get fired. let me put it no, that way. No, I don't not think he's going to get fired, fired. But I think
0: the the allure of the NFL will be much stronger than it was last year. The
2: only problem for me is just to think like who's going to hire him? Like, are the Browns going to hire him before they would hire one of these other offensive guys? I don't think so. And then you look around at, like, okay, what are the other job openings that are going to be there? Maybe Jacksonville's open. Maybe he goes there. I don't know.
1: Not with their mess of a quarterback situation. Right, yeah. My my thing is I don't know whether the expectations for Michigan are unrealistic. That's a good point. Because when was Michigan ever in the last, say, 20, 25 years, have they been – this big-time title contender. 2006, it ha- it maybe. It hasn't been there consistently the way it has been for Ohio State, the way it has been for Alabama, the way it was even with LSU when Saban was there, too. So maybe Michigan is expecting too much out of Harbaugh. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got to recruit better. Maybe he's got to coach better. I
0: think I think when it comes to college football, your expectations are based off of tradition. Michigan
1: yeah. is one of the most storied college
0: football franchises in history and they are expected to contend every single year and they just haven't so to be fair I don't think it's a stretch to say that Jim Harbaugh has failed as head coach at Michigan
2: I don't know if I'd say failed I mean if you look at the history of Michigan like when Lloyd Carr was there they were in Rose Bowl Fiesta Bowl Orange Bowl but they were always the bridesmaid they were never the bride you know they they never got to a title game the closest they ever got was 06 which was the game of the century, and they lost by two, I think, or three. I don't remember the exact score to Ohio State. And since then, it's sort of been down the tubes because the first game of the next year, they lose to App State, and then, yeah, they have coaching changes with Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, and it's just a mess. I think... It was impressive what Harbaugh did in his first year. Like 2015 was a really good year for Michigan. He brings in Jake Rudock. They go out, they win nine, ten games, whatever it was. They go to a pretty major bowl game. I think they were in. I want to say it was the Outback Bowl, which is which is a pretty big deal. So they had a really good year that year. 2016 was to me the year they should have gotten it done. Uh, that that team was awesome. Other than the quarterback and Milton Spate, they were fantastic. They should have beaten Ohio State. They should have beaten Iowa on the road. They lost those two games, I think, by a combined four points. That was the year for them to get it done, and it didn't happen for them, and they just haven't been as talented since, save for maybe this year's team. But this year's team kind of got lucky with maybe some of the scheduling and some of the teams they got at home between Penn State and Wisconsin, even though they beat those teams by a lot. Once it comes time to the put-up-or-shut-up games like this, it just doesn't happen. So in that sense, yeah, he's a failure. I wouldn't say he's an overall failure. I would say it's more just a disappointment.
1: Jim Harbaugh hasn't been extremely successful without Andrew Luck. I think that's another important point to bring up. And as good as he was at Stanford... He went to we a talk- Super Bowl. That's the NFL. Nah, yeah. It's a different game.
0: I, I know it's a different game, and I'm with you. He just has not... And in a different league, by the way. Yeah. In
1: 2012, in the NFL, as we're talking about this, the game has evolved. I mean, to be fair... Look at, look at Alabama, right? Yeah. The traditional blue blood defense. We're going to kick your butt, and you're not going to score. They've got Tua now. Now they're scoring a bunch. I think they're third in the country in scoring offense. It's a different game. Saban's adapting. This is what Clemson's done for a long time with Deshaun Watson, Taj Boyd when they had those guys there. Teams are playing good offense. Oklahoma, a team that's been successful as of late with Lincoln Riley, with Baker Mayfield, now with Kyler Murray. So I don't know. Maybe the expectations are unrealistic. Maybe it's Harbaugh. Because at the end of the day, is this a game, I don't want to say as the game passed him by, but is he trying to coach a style of playing good defense and running the football that he did so well and worked so well in the NFL when he was there and worked well when he had Andrew Luck, but is that realistic anymore? I don't know. I can't answer that question.
0: Well, with that result on Saturday, Ohio State is moving on to the Big Ten Championship to play against Northwestern, a game that they basically need to win. If they lose, that's unacceptable out of Ohio State. They're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl, as is Michigan. Michigan's going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, But I want to move on to what was, hands down, the craziest game I have ever seen. And because I did not actually see it live, I didn't actually see it. I just saw the highlights and the score. LSU, A&M, seven overtimes, 74-72 A&M. This game wasn't real good until overtime. I mean, it was.
2: I don't. I. I don't even want to do that math live. Because I think it was. I think it was thirty-one, thirty-one. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. That, that's it not, was. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That game had absolutely. Everything. It had everything. And I mean, about and by the third overtime, you're like, oh, geez, just yeah. get this game over. I mean,
0: with. I mean, A and M had one of the probably the best college catch of all time. The the end zone catch yeah. in overtime. Uh, Coach O got a Gatorade bath in the second in the second overtime, and he just had to kind of sit there in it for the next five overtimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about that first? Why is Why is it the seventh ranked team in the country giving their coach a Gatorade bath? That is an excellent question. Over the twenty second ranked team in the country when the game's not over.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That That was just weird. Well, well they, I they thought know. the game was
1: over because they didn't rule that his knee was down. Before the interception yeah, but, was thrown, so but, I, I get it. I understand yeah, why that mistake was made. You're a top ten team. I agree. I, I don't, don't know why. I don't get it. They're doing the Gatorade but, bath, but they love Coach O. They play hard for him. I, I don't who know who doesn't love Coach O. But yeah, hold that tiger.
0: I mean, there's not really much else to say about this game because it was kind of a meaningless game between these two teams. Neither of them are going to go to a conference championship. LSU probably lost out on a chance of being in a near six bowl, which is a shame for them because they deserve to be in more prime time this year the way they've played for Coach o. but yeah, other than that just being one of the most insane games doesn't really hold a lot of weight into what's happening in the rest of the way, but what was probably the best game of the weekend overall, and that did play a big role in not only conference championship, but playoff implications, is Oklahoma-West Virginia. That game was out of control, just saying that straight up. 59 56 Oklahoma going on the road beating West Virginia um Will Greer played phenomenally Kyler Murray did his thing and I don't I don't I don't have anything bad to say about West Virginia they just got beat
2: they got beat I mean they have a bad defense like both yeah. these teams defenses yeah, uh, are Yeah yeah it's Big
0: 12 football Big 12. what do you expect it's the
2: yep. Big 12 I mean come on everybody's ripping the defenses I-, I found it ironic too that everybody on Twitter who was ripping The Oklahoma and West Virginia defenses were the same people like three days ago who were like, oh, this Rams Chiefs game injected into my veins, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, awesome game. Kyler Murray is inserting himself into this Heisman discussion. He's doing everything he can. He really is. I mean, he went nuts. 20 for 27, 364, three TDs, 114 rushing yards as well. Him and Real Greer, back and forth, they were both awesome. Kyler Murray, now there's this discussion about whether he should give up baseball, which I don't think he's going to nope. do. Stay in baseball, he Kyler. Said, Be smart. He said he wasn't. Yeah, but I, I, the Big 12 still has a shot at the playoff. Oklahoma, they got to win their conference title game, get a little help from Alabama, but. Oklahoma now has positioned themselves, I think, pretty well to get to the playoff. And even though their defense is bad, I kind of want to see Kyler against this Alabama defense if it happens. Because that would be quite something with this man's ability and the way he plays the game. It's hard to follow up in the footsteps of Baker Mayfield. I don't know how he could have possibly done better. He's having an unbelievable season. I'm happy for this Oklahoma bunch. And you know who's
1: not giving up football? Hollywood Brown. <laughs> so he'll be here.
2: Hollywood eleven
1: receptions, two hundred and forty-three, two touchdowns. That kid's unbelievable. And he's gonna position himself well in the NFL draft coming up in a few months. But yeah, it was an amazing game offensively, really exciting to watch. Reminded me a lot of the Chiefs in the Rams. The Rams. Right. So I don't know. We'll see, we'll see where it goes dependent a lot on how alabama and georgia play in this sec championship game but i certainly think that oklahoma right now has the edge over ohio state as far as being number four yeah and in that conversation
0: before we get into this this championship weekend there has been some some coaching news and jimmy i believe that we have something for this
2: This is my jam right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, can we just leave this off for the whole segment? <laughs>
0: so, following Saturday's game, University of North Carolina Tar Heels fired Larry Fedora after a second straight losing season, and basically within a couple hours, they announced that uh, that Mac Brown was
2: returning to coaching, returning to the University of North Carolina, and that was that. Can we talk about a little symmetry just quickly? The last time he was the head coach at North Carolina, you know what the number one song in the country was? Was it Return of the match The song we just played. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that is... Oh. I cannot make that up. That was his last week at North Carolina before he took the Texas job. That song was number one.
0: How long has Mac Brown been out of coaching now?
2: Uh, six... 2013 he got fired.
0: So five years. It's going to be six years by the time he, he coaches his first game for North Carolina. I think there are two questions. One... Why would North Carolina dig up Mac Brown to be their head coach when the game is obviously going in a different direction than Mac Brown is, aka younger? And then B, why would Mac Brown take the UNC job? I, Nick, uh, yeah, I, yeah, don't, I don't ahead. know.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, think about I this guess <laughs> he wants to coach again. He likes his. He liked his time at North Carolina. I I can't answer the question. It doesn't really, to me, make a lot of sense from both perspectives. Maybe they like his ability to recruit, like the name, they wanted a big name because maybe they figure they're not going to be very good upcoming and they want to put butts in the seats. I can't answer that question, but I'll say it this way, it's a it's a head, stra- head scratcher from my perspective. I really don't like it from either side.
2: Yeah, I don't think I do either. I think he probably wanted to get back just because of that itch to coach again, because all the coaches talk about how it's basically a drug when you're on that sideline and doesn't matter how long you're away from it. You you always want to come back to that. North Carolina right now as a program, Larry Fedora has left them in a really bad spot. Which
0: is a shame because they were one onside kick away from beating Clemson and going to the college football playoff a couple years Possibly.
2: ago. Possibly, yeah. And they, they had a great year that year. Marquise Williams was a great quarterback, and then they lost him, and it just— all went to hell. I
0: was I was very unhappy. This is digging up bad memories for me because I was all in on UNC that year. I'm a I'm a big UNC basketball guy. So by by the transitive property, I kind of like UNC football as well, just a little bit. I follow what they do, but when they got ruled offside on the onside kick that they recovered when he was clearly onside, it it broke my heart in two. It really yeah. did, and it was
2: just downhill from there. Yeah, history would have been a lot different if that went differently, but I think North Carolina is in such a bad spot right now, and I think their reasoning for hiring him, in addition to what you said, Nick, they see what happened at Arizona State with Herm Edwards, which even right now is really nothing. Yeah, went, they haven't done anything. What, what's Arizona State this year, 7-5, I mean, they're, and 4 they're, they're bowl eligible. They're bowl eligible. That's, hey, that's great, but like, not like that. It's one year. You don't know how he's going to recruit. Kansas goes out, hires Les Miles. And now they're all eating grass, and now you go down to North Carolina, and they say, oh, well, you know, let's see. Okay, so we could hire Mike Norville. We could hire Willie Fritz. Or we could hire Mac Brown. Hey, I know Mac Brown. I know that guy. He used to be here. Yeah. Yeah, like 20 years ago. He's gray-haired now. Yeah, let's hire that guy. Are people
1: still around from when he was there
2: the first time? (laughs) Probably not with all the compliance stuff that's happened over there. Yeah. But I'm, man, it's just, this is weird. It's
0: just so weird to me. And like I like I kind of preface this with the game is going such a different direction. It's going young head coaches, creative head coaches. And I'm not saying that Mac Brown's not creative because he's one of the greatest coaches in college football history, but you're bringing in what is he like 70 something years old? Yeah, he's over 70. And I think and you expect him to be able to lead you to an ACC championship? Uh, a 90, God, I'm getting ahead of myself. 67. They He's 67. He's 67. They want to be ranked before they even consider making a championship game or a playoff appearance. And they are a long way from that. But
2: I kind of just wanted to throw that in there because it was just so weird to me. I'm very happy because that's the only opportunity we're ever going to get to play that song.
1: I think it goes back to expectations, by the way. Maybe they think they can compete for a playoff, maybe not. But I don't think that that's what Mac Brown is being brought in to do to return UNC back to prominence. I don't think they've ever been there either, so I wouldn't expect that.
0: Um, so coming into championship weekend, I think it's fair to assume there's only like two games that actually matter.
2: Two, maybe three. Depending two, maybe on, yeah. three. depending on the
0: Alabama game. Yeah, yeah. and I do want to say, um, UCF. I, am I'm, I'm very sorry for you. I know I was kind of giving giving Mackenzie Milden some crap last week about about his comments about Notre Dame and and all that. Very sad to see his college career end the way it's going to. Uh, great player, heart and soul of that UCF team. Um, hopefully they can beat Memphis to make that New York Six Bowl for the second year in a row, and I hope they go out and win it for Mackenzie Milton. Um, Just real heartbreaking over there. But let's get into Texas v. Oklahoma round two. Um, Obviously, we all know how round one ended. Dicker the kicker. My man. My man. Um, Gus's man. (laughs) Gus's man. Texas obviously beat Oklahoma in the red river rivalry matchup in the beginning of the season and now they meet again 12 p.m. ABC for the Big 12 Championship. Um I don't I think it's going to go much differently than it went last time. Really? I do. I really think that Oklahoma realizes what's at stake in this game and that they will be on
2: their best behavior. I kind of tend to agree with that and it's funny to think if it isn't for Dicker the kicker, Oklahoma's 12 and 0 right now. Yeah, they're, so, they're
0: they're probably in the playoff as we speak.
2: Yeah, so it's it's different now. Oklahoma played a bad game, that game, for three quarters, and then they sort of gassed Texas in the fourth. And Texas kind of got lucky a little bit towards the end there, that game where they were able to get out with a win. And that's kind of a game, too, where you sort of discount records and, and how the teams are playing and all that because it doesn't really tend to matter because that game's always close. So now you look at say, okay, what does Texas have, what does Oklahoma have? Oklahoma, I think, is playing much better right now. Texas is sort of skidding around a little bit. I mean, they almost—they had Texas—Kansas uh, played them to one possession last week. Oklahoma did the same thing the week before, but it was kind of a look-ahead because they were going to play West Virginia, whatever. So now Oklahoma has the familiarity with Texas, but I also think their defense—it's not about playing well because their defense—it's that it's just not in them to do that this year, but I think— getting a handful of stops is going to be enough and the way Kyler murray is playing right now yeah i think oklahoma is going to win i'm not surprised i wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to one possession honestly but i, I do think even though it's a rivalry and even though these teams hate each other and it's, i think it's going to be close i think oklahoma pulls it out at the end because i just think
1: they have a far better quarterback right now Kyler murray is so, seven
0: and a half too low to open the spread on
1: this game i don't think so i don't know it's tough to beat a team twice. Especially when you're as talented as Oklahoma is, with a quarterback playing as well as Kyler Murray, is uh, seven and a half is about right. I I, I don't know that I expected to be as close as you do, Jimmy. I I think Oklahoma is really going to run away with this. That's my prediction. What the heck do I know? <laughs> but I don't think seven and a half is too much.
0: I think what the what Lincoln Riley's message to the Sooners needs to be is, look, you have. Alabama playing Georgia, and the winner of that game grants Alabama. They're in. You have a chance. Um, Then you move into, if Georgia wins, then we might have a problem here. Maybe. So, all you need to do is go out, handle your business, pick up the win, and let let Faye take it from here. Because... They, Lincoln Raleigh should just be straight up. Alabama's the best, the better team. They're gonna beat Georgia. We're gonna make the playoff. That's all he needs to say.
2: Yeah, I I think too. It's it's cool how it works out. That game's going at twelve. Alabama's playing at four. Ohio State's playing at eight. So everybody's gonna know where everybody else is by the end of the night. And it's not one of those where they're watching the scoreboard as it goes along because those are those are really the only games in town. Uh-huh. So I think Oklahoma if they win. And Alabama wins, they're definitely in. I think if Georgia beats Alabama, I think both Georgia and Alabama still make it, even though Alabama's got that one loss because it's late in the season that Georgia's really good. I mean, I think a lot of years Georgia would be a playoff team. It's just that luck would have it. There's three undefeated teams at the top this year, and there's really like three teams playing for one spot right now. The team for me that needs help is Ohio State. So
0: I want to close with that Alabama-Georgia game. So let's get to Clemson-Pittsburgh. Does Pittsburgh have a chance here? No, No. No. That's what I figured. So, Clemson, I think that they have their spot booked. Notre Dame, they have their spot booked. So, right now, we're talking about two open spots, and you can almost guarantee one of them is going to Alabama, regardless of how their game plays out. But now, we go to Northwestern Ohio State. If Ohio State wins, do they even have a remote chance of making it the playoff?
1: Yes, if Oklahoma loses and Georgia loses, but I think it's a two-step process, so... Unless those two things happen, no.
0: You you don't think that they would possibly move up a team like UCF or or a Washington
2: should they win? I don't think so because Washington's got three losses. No. UCF, who have they played really? And the thing is too, like we're recording this before the rankings are going to come out. It looks like probably. They're almost definitely going to move Ohio State ahead of UCF. Uh, I don't see any chance, especially UCF with UCF has down to a seven
1: first hardest schedule in yeah, so, college football. Uh, sorry. So
0: you know, what? since we are doing this before the rankings come out, this is kind of just going to be on the fly. Let's before we get to this Alabama Georgia game, let's kind of predict where where chips are going to fall. How do we see the rankings playing out tonight?
2: Uh, so I'll I'll go first on this one: Bama, Clemson, ND. Those are the top three. Yes, in descending order. Yes. I've got Georgia 4 mm-hmm. for this week. Of course, depending on how that game goes, that doesn't like lock them up a playoff spot or anything. Then I've got Oklahoma 5, OSU 6. That's really all that matters right now, probably. I mean, I think we would all agree on that. 7, I don't—who would you put at 7? I mean, I guess you have to put UCF at 7 because Wazoo and LSU lost and they were 7 and 8. So mm-hmm. I guess you got to mm-hmm. put them
1: there. But really, the top 6 is all that matters. Yeah. So I have Bama, Clemson. I'd go Georgia and then Notre Dame. That's me, I don't. You but, can't do that. Uh, I, I do not think well, you can do that. <laughs> so I just did. not You s- asked me what I thought.
0: I don't. S- I I understand that, and I want to. I kind of want to break this down a little bit. How are you putting one loss Georgia ahead of undefeated Notre Dame?
1: Because Georgia has an FPI of twenty six point two, third in the nation. Oh, uh, Notre Dame, sorry, at twenty, they're number seven in the country. Team efficiency is Georgia number two. That's a, how above average you are. So Georgia's number two behind only Alabama at 93.9. I don't even know where Notre Dame is. They're they're way down the list off to whatever. And then the, the point, the, the biggest thing for me, is that they've played better than Notre Dame in both of those categories, just how good is your team statistically. And then you look at the strength of schedule, which has Georgia at number three, a, a tougher schedule than both Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Oklahoma, Notre Dame is at 27. I, I, I think they've been more impressive. And, again, it goes back to the conversation about who's more deserving versus who's more accomplished. But it's about putting the best four teams in the playoff, and it's about the best teams being one through four. I think Georgia is better than Notre Dame right now. I, That's I will, my opinion. Yeah, I will say this, too.
2: If Georgia wins, I would put Notre Dame at four and Georgia at three. I agree. I, I, Hon- honestly, I would do that.
0: If, if Georgia wins, they shoot up to number two.
2: You think? I had a Clemson? Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. Because
0: I think the only way that the committee can rationalize a Georgia win and keeping Alabama in is if Alabama's number four. So that means yeah. that yeah. Notre Dame stays three, Georgia moves up to two, and Clemson goes to one.
2: Or what you could do is you could go Clemson one, Georgia two, Bama three, and D four. So That's N-D-, true. ND avoids Clemson, so yeah. that, uh, ND avoids Alabama, so yeah. that makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, Notre Dame has to be in. Yeah, they, I yeah, don't see it, how they're not. At you this have point. to put them in. But
0: as far as my top 4 for tonight goes, it's 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 simple. It's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia. Yeah. So, we are getting number 1 versus number 4 in the SEC Championship game, a rematch of last year's SEC Championship game, a rematch of last year's National Championship game. This is quickly turning into one of my favorite rivalries in college football, taking the spot of Alabama-Clemson, because these games are just so fun to watch.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you have Kirby Smart against Nick Saban, coming from the Nick Saban coaching tree. You have, I mean, at least last year, Georgia had such a phenomenal defense. Alabama's offense was the story. And what what does Georgia need to do this week to pull
2: off that upset? Well, they need to... They'll start by praying a lot. Um, <laughs> that would be the first thing they do. Uh, and they got to pray a little more. Then they got to get a couple turnovers. They got to do a lot. They, it's going to be tough for them. Um, I think they need Fromm to be better. They need Fromm to be really good. They mm-hmm. need Fromm to be almost perfect. They need him to be good. They need Swift to kind of go off. I'm not saying go all the way off, but he's got to be over 100 yards. And I think their receivers have to play well. And I think their defense has got to get a few stops. And by that, I think they also needed to turn Tua over. Because they were able to do that in the, the national title game last year. Because people deified yeah. Tua. And granted, he's awesome. I love Tua. But some of the throws he was making on the run, just sort of throwing it up and hoping for the best. It didn't hurt him as much as it could have in that title game last year. So if they can create a couple more turnovers on that, they, they could win the game. I mean, who knows? But I, I think... I think Alabama is still markedly better than Georgia right now.
0: Without either of you looking, if you had to guess what the line on this game was, a top five matchup between both teams for a championship, what would you expect the line to be?
2: Alabama minus 15. Nick? Bama minus 9. It is a
0: Bama minus 13. Wow. Oh, God. Wow. Even Vegas isn't expecting this to be a close game. And it's it's between two of the best teams in the
1: country. I think Vegas is wrong. Again, I'm, I am a guess, a Georgia supporter. Not that I root for them, but <laughs> I think they're very good and they're underrated. I think this game can be close. I could see Georgia winning, too. It's not like I'm not going to pick that because Alabama has been as good as they have been all year. The best team in college football, and I expect that to continue. But I could see Georgia winning this game, so to me, 13 is too much.
2: Let me throw this out there at you guys. Let's say this game comes down to like a last-second kick or a last-second score. Well, then Hot Rod's got it. Well, Hot Hot Rod's got it. Obviously. (laughs) Let's say an Alabama kicker actually does what he's supposed to do in a big moment, makes some kind of last-second field goal. They beat Georgia by three, but it's pretty much an even game throughout. Do you guys put Georgia in ahead of, say, Oklahoma or it, Ohio State? That
0: depends. It depends on yeah. if
2: Oklahoma and Ohio State lose. Because I would really think hard about it. I would probably do it.
0: I think I—you're going to get so much backlash if you're the committee on that. It's, you're going to take a two-loss SEC team over a one lost either Big 12 or Big 10 champion. I think that's a real
1: hard sell. Deserving versus accomplished. Again, it's the same conversation. I would tell you that Georgia is more deserving of getting into the playoff, but can they say, can they ignore the accomplishments? It's a tough balance, but can they ignore the accomplishments of Oklahoma and Ohio State? If it were me making the decisions because I think so highly of Georgia, I think I would put them in at two losses because I think as we were just talking, conceivably they could compete with Alabama and Clemson. I don't see Ohio State competing with Alabama or Clemson. I don't see Oklahoma doing that either. So if it were me, I would put in Georgia at two losses. I don't see that happening from the committee because I think as much as they say it's about putting the best four teams in the playoff, it's really about who's accomplished the most. And, again, it's a tough balance because to say, oh, on paper – that this team is better isn't necessarily fair because maybe they haven't gone out and proven that on the field. If it were me, I would put Georgia in over both of those teams regardless of how this week goes. But it's one really bad week in Baton Rouge that is going to come back to bite Georgia should they not be able to win this weekend.
0: And I have not been very good with my predictions this season. I, I've i been very wrong on many things, but I think one thing I am absolutely certain on is that Alabama will win, and I think that it will probably end up being that two-possession game, maybe even three-possession game, because they are just that good. And I think that Alabama is clinching their spot at number one, they are going to get ready to play whoever wins out of Ohio State, Oklahoma, and uh, folks. I know that I am going to be glued to my TV screen this this weekend because we
2: are approaching the most exciting time of the college football season, and I think you guys should be too. Real quick, we don't have any upsets this weekend. We're going with all the favorites in the big games.
1: I think, right? Probably. Yeah. I yeah. mean, how I... much fun would it be if Georgia got to play Alabama twice this year? Oh, again! Wow. In cons- basically, almost. Con-
2: it's Could consecutive be consecutive games. games yeah. yeah. I'm just going to tell you right now, I think Northwestern's going to take Ohio State to the wall. I really they do. They
0: absolutely should. Ohio- I don't want to get back into it, but Ohio State is not good enough. They do not deserve no. to be in the championship game. They do not deserve to win the championship game. But, guys, that is all we have for this week, ending on that very high note. Uh, for Jimmy Sullivan, Nick DeLugo, good job as always, guys. Thank you for being here. I'm Matt Cosentini. Come back next week as we break down. Championship weekend, the final selection show, and probably some Heisman Heisman stuff. Yeah, that's happening soon. Come back next week.